This is Seeking Alpha's Investing Experts Podcast. I'm Rob Isbitz, Seeking Alpha contributor under the profile Sun Garden Investment Publishing. And I am joined again by my friend Matthew Tuttle of Tuttle Capital Management. Uh, he is a fellow Seeking Alpha contributor, a highly experienced trader, and an ETF innovator. Uh, and his firm actually made a little bit of news this week. I know he doesn't like to brag on himself, but I can brag on him all I want. And uh, so, you know, look up uh, Tuttle Capital Management. They made a little news this week. So welcome back, Matthew. Let me start with this. I wrote a piece for Seeking Alpha several months ago, and I said, buy summer, sell autumn, question mark. And so far, it's played out pretty well. Uh, it's been a pretty strong summer. We've had a little bit of rumbling recently. Uh, it does seem like we're kind of back into that mode where even when the market rallies, uh, like today on CPI Day Thursday, it kind of gives a chunk of it back right away, almost like there's no sort of oomph to the upside or sustainable oomph. Uh, so let me ask you, I said a few months ago, uh, buy summer, sell autumn. Is autumn arriving early? So, you know, obviously don't have a crystal ball, but certainly not liking what I'm seeing. Um, you know, through this whole rally we've seen, you know, since at least the beginning of June, every sell-off, which, you know, haven't been many and haven't been steep, have held either the 10-day moving average or the 20. And, you know, this latest move lower is broken below the 20. And any kind of attempt to reclaim, like today, for example, has been sold into. Um, you know, this is just, you know, another kind of ugly day like we saw on Friday where, you know, the market wanted to rally out of the gate. You could tell even before CPI came out that, you know, they wanted to run this thing up and... Yeah, at least as we're recording this, you know, most of that early rally has, has been retraced. So, yeah, I mean, not liking what I'm seeing. And you also got to figure, you know, these stocks, you know, the Magnificent Seven, for example, that are up ridiculous amounts year to date. I mean, we've got to give some of that back. So, so far, I, I, I would agree with you. You know, you saw after the CPI got released, the market jumped and it was already up going into CPI and the market jumped. And, you know, for the first early part of the trading day, the market kept going up. And then basically what you have happen is institutional investors who, you know, were probably looking for a spot to get out of some positions just hit the sell button. And, you know, I, I watch five minute charts and you just see you know, this straight line up on the S&P, on the NASDAQ, and then kaboom, you know, a, a, a equally straight line down, you know, after the first, you know, hour or so of trading. So that's what I mean, where you've got institutional investors, you know, because typically what happens when you have a big up move like this, the unsophisticated retailer like, oh, wow, you know, the, the decline is over, time for me to buy. And the so-called smart money is sitting there and saying, all right, t 
Time for me to sell. Thank you. Matthew and I, if you've listened to the first few of these we've done together, uh, he is kind of like a day trade, swing trade uh, for the most part. Uh, I am kind of swing trade, uh, meaning, I mean, look, I, I could buy an option, sell it the next day if it's up uh, 100%, which is kind of my target with a lot of them. Uh, and I'm happy to say that you know, it's been happening with a little more frequency recently. But uh, I will go out uh, uh, much further and I'm you know, happy to own something for years if, uh, you know, if it still meets the criteria. But we're both technicians and I got written down here. We're going to really, the, the next, next couple of these I think we're going to do, we have to do one that focuses on technical analysis. Because as an example, okay, you mentioned five minute price chart. So in front of me at all times, because even when you decide you're going to make, let's call it a, a decision where you hope you're going to own something for weeks or months or maybe even years, you want to get it at the best price possible. So I've got sitting in front of me, one minute, five minute, 15 minute, 30 minute chart, one hour, two hour, four hour chart, daily chart, three day chart. Why? Because nobody looks at three days. So uh, maybe there's some value there. Same with the four hour, I think in a lot of cases. Uh, all the way up to weekly, monthly, and quarterly. So I think we'll explore a lot of this when we talk technical analysis. The other thing we want to do is, a, uh, I think, a mailbag episode because we're getting some really good questions from you. Uh, one of them I'm going to hit today in just a minute. And uh, I think we've, uh, we've got more than enough, I think, over the last uh, several weeks to uh, be able to uh, do a whole episode on that. Uh, okay, Matthew, next item. Uh, and let's talk about this, uh, this CPI today, okay? Uh, I'm actually writing an article uh, about it kind of as we speak. When it comes to CPI and some of the other economic news that has looked a little bit better lately, a little more encouraging if you spin it a little, is this the one cockroach theory where this is just a temporary respite and... Uh, you know, a month, two from now, we're going to be talking about a, let's call it, re, uh, uh, reinvigoration of uh, inflation and, uh, and dive in economic growth, especially with a lot of the debt-related stuff coming up uh, later this year? So we could. I, I'm not focused as much on the debt. Um, I'm more focused on the price of oil. Because I think one of the big reasons you've seen you know, inflation come down is you've seen the price of oil come down. And lately, the price of oil has been coming back up. And so, you know, if we get, and, you know, right now I'm looking, yeah, it's like 83. But if we get a situation where, you know, crude goes over $100 a barrel, I would not be surprised to see inflation rekindled. Um, you know, you're also seeing some commodity prices that had come down starting to percolate a little bit. So I think if anyone is out there taking a victory lap, uh, saying that they have conquered inflation, I just would be very careful that, you know, you don't... Uh, don't take too much of a victory lap. You know, because I mean, I'm more concerned about the debt than you are, uh, probably. And apparently more concerned than the market is in general. 
like as I see it, it's kind of all fun and games until all the debt that the consumers and businesses have been allowed to delay paying can't be put off anymore. I'm talking to you student loans. I'm talking to you, uh, you know, some mortgage payments, uh, you know, who knows with auto loans. So, you know, we kind of had this YOLO period after the pandemic. And uh, I just I'm very, very, very curious about that and uh, not really a topic for today, but I'm sure we'll hit it as we move on through the year. Uh, you know, you've got a lot of companies that issued uh, very, oh, suspicious quality debt. And now it's coming due a lot of it in early 2024, and and that's a potential debt bomb. But does the market care about it today? Not at all. Do you think that that's a 2024 issue, or do you think, kind of like the way people are saying, "Oh no, 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 we're not going to have a recession. We're gonna we're gonna miss the recession this time. That we're just going to kind of get away, let's say, scot free." And the biggest issue for the market might be not that it crashes, but that it just doesn't go up for a while. So I think everything is on the table. Um, my sense is that the Fed, who you know didn't see inflation coming, caused inflation to actually come, aren't going to get off you know, scot-free and, oh, we get a soft landing and everything's great. I do not think you raise interest rates from zero to 5% in a very short period of time without breaking stuff. Um, and, you know, and we've seen it in the regional banks. What we don't know, because the regional banks, you know, unless you were tuned in to exactly what's going on in the regional banks, you know, came out of left field, we don't know what else is out there and will also come out of left field. So I don't think it's going to be as simple as, all right, soft landing, Fed goes back to lowering rates, everything's great again. You know, certainly you've always got to assume every single scenario, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not feeling the soft landing right now. Yeah, uh, well, and, and are, you not, are you not feeling it, because I'm not either, uh, are you not feeling it for the same reason I am, which is, I just don't think there's such a thing as a soft landing because of what you just outlined. Um, I, I mean, I, I think there is a such thing as a soft landing. And I think if we get it, the Fed lucks into it because I don't think they've known what they've been doing all along and they've been throwing stuff against the wall to see what sticks. But yeah, I mean, you know, my sense is again, you can't raise interest rates this far, this fast, and not expect bad stuff to happen. And I think we just don't know yet what that bad stuff is. Yeah, completely, completely agree. But just so that people don't think I or we are, um, you know, like perma bears here, because we're really just kind of looking at things as they come up as opposed to, you know, we're, we're, we're worried, not worried, we're, we are always looking for what the market's going to worry about later on because staying ahead of the game is a lot better than chasing, as you mentioned, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, like what happened this morning uh, off the CPI report. It just seems to me that uh, there will be some sort of comeuppance. Uh, it's just a matter of where and maybe the saving grace, as I see it, is the fact that you do have 
a uh, noticeable portion of the market that as long as their earnings don't just completely go south over the next 12 months, and I'm talking about small caps and I'm talking about, well, energy and and there's a few other sectors that are not outrageously expensive, uh, that maybe this uh, ends up being a little more like the first part of the dot-com bubble uh, where it took about a year and a half for anything that wasn't tech and telecom to really roll over and die. Uh, it was a tech telecom crash. Uh, everything else did, you know, I mean, utilities and uh, uh, staples, and I think REITs at the time actually made money. They made money in 2000, they made money in the first half of 01. So uh, maybe it's, if you will, a rolling correction, um, uh, which hit everything but tech, and then will hit tech and the high flyers uh, and the low quality stuff. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think whatever we get, if we do get, you know, an actual sell-off, you know, to an extent, you've got a rising tide lifting all boats and a, you know, sinking tide sinking all boats. But you've got to look at, you know, what's the stuff that's run up um, and, you know, and what's the stuff that's really maybe run up without a reason to run up. So, you know, not, you know, your NVIDIAs and your Microsofts as much as maybe some of those ancillary companies that have nothing to do with AI, but ran up because AI, you know, AI-related stocks were running up. So I'd worry about that. I'd worry about economically sensitive if, you know, in fact, we're not getting a soft landing, you know, so that type of stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I like where you're going with that. So uh, a couple other quick things before we hit kind of what we're doing uh, in our uh, portfolios and all. I think it was probably a private money manager, uh, RAA, um, as uh, formerly being in that business and not anymore. So anyway, this is what I heard. Like, hey, hey, uh, you like uh, such and such a stock. Why do you like the stock? Well, First of all, I really like the performance this year. That was the first rationale for why they like the stock now. It's done well this year. Okay, can I just stop right there? What do you think when you hear something like that? I I mean, I think that it's the normal, useless stuff you get from Wall Street and you specifically get from the media. You know, that's using past performance to predict future results. You know, and, and my, my buddy Jim Cramer does it all the time on Mad Money. Hey, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, it's up 100% this year. This is great. Okay. You know, the time to buy it was before it went up 100%, not when it's already up 100%. So, you know, yeah, that, that's what I think. I think, you know, that's when you have, you know, the TV on mute so you don't have to be subjected to that stuff. In your own portfolio, your trading, et cetera, so folks can kind of learn from us in almost real time here. So right now, what I'm doing is sitting entirely in T-bills. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, in my portfolio be that way from time to time. You know, I'm watching this daily action to see, you know, kind of where this market wants to go. 
you know, do we take it from green to red, which I think would be, you know, extremely bearish? Um, was this little pullback a, an opportunity to buy some stuff? You know, now that CPI is out of the way and, you know, now that most of the important earnings are out of the way, except for NVIDIA, obviously, which is, uh, is going to be a biggie. But, you know, besides that, a lot of this stuff is out of the way. So, um, you know, I'm just watching and waiting at this point. Yeah, I, you, you, you really shocked me there with the all T-bills. But obviously, when you have a, a short time frame, uh, you know, you could do that if you were going on a vacation for a week, right? Uh, uh, and instead, what you're saying is there's just nothing that jumps out at you. So why throw good money after bad? And I am... Wholly behind that, I mentioned, I think, on the last one that uh, something like 80% of my portfolio is uh, is T-bill-ish, uh, but that I was starting to stretch out a little bit in, in terms of maturity. Uh, and I will say this, and I know we'll come back to this again. I think the bond market is a lot more interesting than the stock market right now. Uh, I think maybe the next time we'll hit a couple of questions we've gotten on that, but I'll, I'll, I'll come back to that, so I have to wait for next time. Uh, I ran through all my uh, charts yesterday in anticipation of this uh, on the road, and, um, you know, look, uh, like I say all the time, the market always tells us a story. It's always trying to tell us a story. The stock market, the bond market, commodity market, the currency market, and we just have to listen. And the goal of this podcast is to try to make us and everybody else listening better listeners. So uh, the summary of what I get, okay, uh, I mean, personally, I could sum up the major moves in my portfolio over the last two weeks in one word, energy. Uh, I uh, owned XOP uh, stock and options, took profits on the options, I think twice already, uh, because it just keeps going up and I keep kind of chasing it uh, one day. Uh, perhaps I'll, I'll describe sort of the methodology I use to try to keep getting out of harm's way on, on, on winning trades. Um, but when I look at things right now, uh, you know, I am seeing that uh, this is a market that's like, well, will it rally? My response to that would be when I look at the S&P and the NASDAQ, uh, it better. It better and it better rally soon because uh, I, it, it appears to me from looking at hundreds of charts and uh, what I've done for 43 years since my dad taught me when I was 16 years old. Uh, so I've done a bit of this. Uh, I see that the weight of the evidence, or let's say the, the, the most likely direction is down. That does not mean it's down. It means it's most likely down and we're going to need a recovery. Uh, but I'm thinking ahead to Jackson Hole in a couple of weeks where, uh, you know, the end of August, I think it's 25th, 26th of August, something like that, and into September. And so that's why I say, you know, it's kind of a slippery slope. You mentioned 20-day moving average uh, uh, has gone negative. That's a big signal uh, for me as well. And frankly, I look across the whole equity market, and other than energy, the aforementioned, uh, I just don't see anything. 
I see things that have a chance. I don't really see anything that says the reward to risk trade-off is excellent here. And that's what I need to buy. Yeah, and, and I would agree. I mean, I'm not, I'm not seeing anything jumping out of the page. You know, I was in energy. NOV was, was my favorite play. Um, you know, it looks a little extended, so we got out of it. But if it comes back down in support, I'll probably be back into that. Um, you know, was liking Brazil for a little while, but, you know, that's not looking like anything special at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, just uh, nothing to give me any reason to say bye, 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 or sell, sell, sell. Yeah, you're. Uh, you, you mentioned. I'll just mention briefly on the uh, uh, non-U.S. part. You know, India had looked like a really good market. I think went to an all-time high. Although it doesn't mean that much after the last few years. Maybe just getting back to where it was a few years ago. Uh, but India and Japan had both looked pretty interesting for me. I even had a small, I think, EWJ position in the uh, the, the model portfolio uh, uh, I run for the advisor who uh, bought my practice a few years ago. Uh, so I mean, I was making, uh, you know, hoping to to put a stake in the ground with Japan and. It's all just rolling over. So, you know, what, what, what looks particularly optimistic? Single inverse ETFs. So with that, uh, we will see uh, where, where things land when we do this again in uh, about a week. Thanks for listening to the Investing Experts podcast. Nothing on this podcast should be taken as investment advice of any sort. At times, myself, Rob Isbitz, uh, or my co-host Matthew Tuttle, or any guests we have may own positions in the securities mentioned. Uh, you can follow me on Seeking Alpha at Sudden Garden Investment Publishing. And uh, you can follow Matthew at, let me get it right. Yep, TuttleCap.com or at Tuttle Capital on Twitter. Great, great. Yep, and we're at SunGardenInvestment.com as well. Go to Seeking Alpha and see full transcripts of all these episodes. Take full advantage of Seeking Alpha. Become a premium subscriber. Learn more at SeekingAlpha.com slash subscriptions. See you next time.